When you were a little girl, did you play much with Barbies? We had so many Barbies that you can imagine a family of five girls. Mm -hmm. Uh, Ever wish you could live in the Barbie dream house? Well, Barbie has gotten so popular lately, you know, the new movies coming out more. There's a new interior design style called Barbie dream house. (laughs) It's called Barbie core and it features lots of playful designs, lots of color, everything pink. Uh, Not the bright bubblegum pink, but pale pinks. And people are using floral wallpaper, frill edging bed linens, and tasseled lampshades as if they live in the Barbie dream house. You can buy all that stuff, but snagging Ken, you're on your own. (laughs) 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 They can't help you with that. Although I bet they probably are working on a dating app. The Barbie and Ken app. Are you a Ken? (laughs) That's so funny. <laughs> Find your Barbie. Find your kid. <laughs> Dreamhouse.com. Coming up, three things parents can do to help your kids enjoy youth sports. Are your kids involved with youth sports? So great to teach them life lessons, how to handle relationships. They handle conflict. They learn a lot from youth sports. So what can you do as a parent to help make it a great experience? So there are three things. Number one, thank the coach after practice for working with your child. You got to remember that coaches are usually volunteers and appreciation goes a long way. Number two, if you don't feel like your kid is getting enough playing time, don't say anything, please. (laughs) It will not generate more playing time. Instead, encourage your child to go up to the coach and ask, hey, what do I need to work on to earn more playing time? Hmm. And the third thing moms and dads can do to help your kids enjoy youth sports Avoid ever complaining about the coach in front of your children. Mm, yeah, there, there's not a parent out there that doesn't think their kid should have more playing time. But after having been the coach, mm-hmm. that was, I don't know if other coaches felt this way, that was the biggest stress of any game. Really? Day, to have was, parents come up? Well, no, it was because I wanted to make sure every kid, oh, yeah. I didn't want them just to get the minimum playing time. I wanted every kid to rotate in and out. But at the same time, you know... The kids wanted to win, too. Right. So you'd have a couple, couple of players that were really, really good, and you rarely took them out, right? And then so that left you just a certain number of positions to rotate kids in and out of. It was hard. That was, mm, was the man. most. As a matter of fact, I normally, if there was an assistant, I'd go, hey, you handle the rotation. I want to keep my eye on the game. <laughs> <laughs> Because no matter what you did, you was a, it's a cannot win situation. Yeah. That, for I tell you what, to you coaches who work so hard and volunteer and yeah. give your time, we appreciate you. You, take, you are awesome. You take the star player out to rotate kids in, you lose the game. He doesn't know what he's doing. You leave the star player in, everyone doesn't get their playing time. He's not fair, <laughs> right? It's like you just can't cannot win. Those coaches, man, having been one, having been the guy with the whistle and the clipboard. <laughs> know the pressure and it, it can be a thankless job so how about we thank some of those coaches today how about you call in and tell us about a coach that you really appreciate maybe he's made a difference in your life maybe your kid is the one that doesn't get a lot of playing time but you love the impact the being a part of a team and having you know a coach just invest in their lives you love the results of all that we'd love to hear from you let's thank those coaches today We're trying to thank people who work in that thankless job of being a volunteer coach. And Marion, your son's coach is pretty incredible. Oh, yeah. My son plays soccer for U-17 team, and he's 14. So there's a big gap there in ages Mm. of kids. 
Right. And Coach Eric and Coach Thomas are amazing young men. They mm-hmm. they work hard every day. They have a group chat that they keep the boys involved in. They they do practices three days a week, and then they do games sometimes two days on the weekend. Wow. Plus, they both have full time jobs, and I am so so grateful for everything that they do because it's not just about what they're doing on the field. Those boys are building confidence and strength and skill and talent. And Mm. I'm so grateful that my son is a part of their team. Wow. Well, thanks for sharing that with us, Marion. I'm sure those coaches are feeling really boosted and encouraged. Thanks to you. Coach Eric and Coach Thomas. Way to go, guys. Hey, Cynthia, we're doing the uh, radio version of dumping the cooler of Gatorade on our coaches that we love. That's great. What coach did you want to tell us about? My son-in-law, Alan Taylor. He has been a coach, varsity basketball team, for a number of years. He took them to state championships several years and won. Mm. But the most important part is the fact that he was invested in his players. He even built a a, um, fitness room in the basement of his home so they could come and work out. Wow. Because a lot of these didn't have an opportunity or availability to go and work out on a regular basis. Mm. I know for a fact that there's been times he's actually taken them into his home when there were problems in the kids' home. He told me last night, one of his players on his basketball team from a couple of years ago who is now in college and won a scholarship, Uh and that was the other thing he would do. He would video their shots and send them to the scouts for the different universities and help them get scholarships. So I'm I'm very pleased to tell you my son-in-law is an awesome man of God, and I appreciate all he's done for these kids. Oh, gosh, you sound like you're getting emotional talking about him. I can totally, totally understand why. That's cool. All right. Hey, Taylor, we always do this this time of the year. They always come out with a new like chart to come up with your elf name. Would you like to know what your elf name is? Okay. So we have to go with the first letter of your name. This is, it's a chart with every letter has a different name next to it. And then month you were born has a different one. So T, uh, your first name is Sugar Plum. Okay. And what month were you born? May. May. You are... Sugar Plum Peppermint. <laughs> okay, it sounds very sweet. That's your elf name. Well, that, that's you, right? You're pretty sweet. I am K is Cookie and September. I am Cookie Pickle Pants. <laughs> <laughs> that is such a good description of your personality. You got way better name Because depending on your mood, you're, you're Cookie, and, and if you're not in a very good mood, I'm just going to start calling you, ooh, somebody's Pickle Pants today. Okay, I'm going to switch yours to, what was your first name? You were Sugar Plum, I like this better, Sugar Plum Toe Bells. <laughs> toe Bells. <laughs> Sounds like I need some cream for that. <laughs> Do you feel like you have kind of a stressful job? Coming up, see if your profession is on this new report. Ugh, it's not the job, it's the coworker. <laughs> hey, do you feel like you have a pretty stressful job? See if your profession is on this recent survey of the jobs that cause the most stress okay. from the Department of Labor. By the way, um, I would guess, if I were guessing, I would say teachers, especially kindergarten teachers, and um, nurses. That's, say, that would be my guess for the I would top. say police officers. Oh, Watch yes. an episode of Cops and you'll go, why <laughs> would anyone ever want to do that job? But this, by the way, I am not, don't, don't get mad at the messenger. I'm just telling you what the Department of Labor said. Okay. They said the most stressful job in the USA is urologist. 
Second place is film <laughs> and video editors. Huh. Anesthesiologist assistants. That makes sense. That's life or death situation. Judges. I'll have to ask my neighbor. He's a judge. Mm. And do these people even exist anymore? Telephone operators? <laughs> when was this survey Maybe done? Maybe that's why they're stressed. Um, <laughs> they're worried they're not going to have a job. Yeah. If you're looking for the least stressful job in the world, they claim it's messenger or courier. Huh. And uh, Kev, you want to know where radio DJs ranked? It came in a 145th out of close to 900 jobs. Huh. So what we do for a living is more stressful than 83% of other jobs. I believe that. I believe that. Just the, like I said earlier, the coworkers. Oh, <laughs> Tell me about it. No, I really do. I always tell people, they're like, tell me about your job. What do you do? How do you prep? Da, 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 da. I always say I get so jealous of shows like James Corden and the Daily Show. So they have a team of 40 writers making them look cool, funny, and intelligent. Right. With us, it's, it's just what right. you see is what it's you get. It's up to us to, to make ourselves look cool, funny, and intelligent, which is why we never look cool, <laughs> never. funny, not on purpose anyway, or intelligent. None of, none of the above. <laughs> One of my doggies is on the naughty list, Taylor. Uh-oh. It's unfortunate, but he is firmly on the naughty list. I'll tell you who and why next. Okay, so one of my dogs is firmly on the naughty list. It's our one of our greyhounds, Cesare. Um, I don't know why he does this, but my wife has gone through more decorative pillows on our sofa than anyone I know because Cesare, for some reason, when we get a new one, will chew the corner of it. Uh-oh. He's very stealthy. He just waits till we're all in like the kitchen or something, and he goes out, pulls it off the couch, and chews the corner. And it was a special one that said, like, Merry Christmas to all, something like that. <laughs> It wasn't cheap, right? Uh-oh. And the corner on it is now chewed. And I'm just like, Cesare, dude, you've got right next to a basket full of toys. You go and chew this? You know you're not supposed to. But I bet to. you the pillow feels so good on his teeth because it's so fat. Like Maybe that's it. I don't know. But that's like the only thing he chews. Out of all the other stuff in the house, that is the only thing that he does consistently. Maybe he's Grinch dog. <laughs> Maybe. So the other day, a young mom shared something really raw and honest with me. She has um, eight-year-old and five-year-old boys, yeah. a three-year-old little girl, and a baby boy is on his Ooh, way that's in March. Full house. Yeah, and her, her and her husband kind of panicked when they found out baby number four was coming. <laughs> They're like, oh, man, how are we going to pay for this and everything else? But um, she was really brutally honest with me. She said, this has been one of the toughest pregnancies in that... No one really cares when you're having your fourth. Mm. It's just kind of like, yeah, 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 another baby. Yeah, yeah, we've been there. We have like, four kids. We've yeah, been totally she's been there. like in a lot of pain, a lot of discomfort mm. with this pregnancy, and that's something you don't really talk about with other people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And she's just been so grateful to have just a few special people in her her life: her mom and her grandma, and then a couple of cl- close friends that are rejoicing with her mm-hmm. over like, yay, baby number four is coming. Yeah. But I, I can't wait to talk to my mom about this because I was baby number three, and then she got pregnant again, and it was twins. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if she got a little bit more attention because it was twins or what that was like, but I will now and forever, ever since she shared this with me, be way more just aware when I'm talking to a mom who's on like her fourth and fifth pregnancy to help be just as excited for her. Mm -hmm. So can you imagine suddenly just leaving the United States and moving to another country? Uh, My friend's son did that. Um, His name is Andrew 
and he lives in South Korea now. Okay. And wow. he teaches English there. He just decided, no you know kidding. what? I'm young. I'm single. I'm going on an adventure. <laughs> and they're going to visit him in a couple months. But anyway, um, he was telling this story. When he was growing up here in the States, he sadly cannot dance. He said if he would go to a party and children were there and he would start dancing, children would be afraid and clear the room. Like he <laughs> I thought you were going to say they'd laugh. They got li- frightened. No, they were frightened. He cannot dance. Um, if you're of a certain age, picture Elaine on Seinfeld. Okay. So he goes over to South Korea and he's unique. He's different. He's this blonde haired, blue eyed guy and he looks different. And he goes to a club mm-hmm. and he just kind of starts to like do his shoulders, like, mm-hmm. kind of dance. Everyone thinks he can dance. <laughs> he has a total alter identity. He's like, you guys, you're not going to believe this. I am a dancer <laughs> here in South Korea. He's going to be in a K-pop boys band soon. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so your friend uh, is living in Korea. That's pretty cool. South Korea, South yes. Co- yeah, South Korea. Um, I don't know if you've heard about what they've done with birthdays there. Um, it's very interesting. People are either, you're either going to be older than you really are or younger than you really are. I'll tell you what's going on next. Okay. So I heard this on the news the other day and I thought that I wonder if this is kind of confusing, but you'll either be older than you are or younger than you are. Everyone's birthday. Like if you were born on, what's your birthday, Taylor? May 27th. May 27th. Your birthday would not be May 27th. It would be January 1st of whatever year you were born in. Everyone's birthday, officially on documents and everything else, will be January 1st of the year they were born in. But why would you do that? I mean, think about it. When you go, when you call a doctor's office, the first thing they want to know is your date of birth to identify you. I don't know if it's going to like ease government papers or something. I have no idea why they're doing it. But every, yeah, your official birthday, and I'm sure people will still celebrate like your birthday with your family will be whatever day you were born. But officially... It's January 1st. That's crazy. Crazy, isn't it? Wow. Isn't it fun sometimes to dream a little dream and pretend like you lived in that lifestyle where they're like, literally money is no object. Mm. Tell me what you think about this. This, is, I, this caught my eye just a minute ago. You got to hear about this in a second. Okay. So it's kind of fun to think about what life would be like if you never, ever, ever had to worry about a penny, mm-hmm. like money was no object. Yeah, that'd be great. I just saw this headline. You can rent an entire Italian vigil village complete with a castle. Wow. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Can you imagine? This is literally a vacation rental. Is this like an it's, Airbnb? <laughs> it's, yeah, you can do it. It's a, it's a rental company called Group Accommodation, and they call it a one-of-a-kind getaway. It, it's atop a hill in on the east coast of Italy. It's about a three-hour drive from Rome. And you rent this place that comes with boutiques, vineyards, theaters, community squares, gardens and parks, bars and wineries, restaurants, two swimming pools, supermarkets and more. And you could rent it for like, imagine hosting your whole family They're for Christmas. They're all like fully staffed. Like you go and it's like this town, you rent the whole town? Yeah, <laughs> you rent the whole town. Okay, the only problem with it is that a three hour drive from Rome if you're an American driving in Italy, it's going to take you about seven hours. <laughs> <laughs> What are you dreaming and hoping Santa will bring you this year? Hmm. According to a brand new survey, 77% of Americans would most like to be surprised by their loved one with a Ferrari. an experience. Oh. <laughs> that is an experience, owning a Ferrari. An experience over physical gifts. Uh, now, do you want to guess what the number one experience people wanted to be tra- surprised with, Kev? 
number one experience, uh, something to do with travel? Yeah, you're absolutely yep. right, which, which is something you do for your wife all the time. Uh, my husband and I, don't, we don't surprise each other because, you know, I got to ask off work and all that stuff. But uh, we give each other a trip to go cross-country skiing every year. That's nice. our, our entire Christmas is that. Um, so, okay, so travel came in first, followed by tickets to a concert or a show. Mm. An outdoor activity like skiing, boating, or hiking came in fourth best experience gift. Uh, a food tour or cooking class was on the list. And yes, ugly sweaters are one of the worst gifts ever. <laughs> and for the 16th year in a row, the most popular gift is gift cards. Gift cards. And uh, more than half of adults have at least one unused gift card lying around. Back to the experience thing and, and travel or concert tickets. Mm-hmm. I I try to wrap both of those together. I know like artists that my wife loves. And mm-hmm. uh, like um, I already, already gave her this present. It's her birthday present. Uh, we have friends who are moving tomorrow to Tucson, Arizona. We're going to miss them desperately. But this summer, Rod Stewart is playing in Phoenix, so we're going to fly out and see him and then drive to their house and spend two, three days with them. Oh, how fun. Isn't that cool? So we're doing both. It'll be a concert and a trip. All and a wrapped. reunion with friends. And a reunion with friends, right. That's a great it's going to be a wow. lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Looking forward to that. You already know how expensive kids are, but just how expensive are they? Mm. Well, according to brand new data, because of factoring inflation, it now costs... $300,000 to raise a child. And that's before they hit college. A middle-income family might spend more than $18,000 a year on average as inflation hits food, housing, haircuts, sports. Through the Now, that's through the age of 17. But, of course, raising a child, helping them to become good humans who love Jesus. That's priceless. We know that. We're just talking about how expensive they are, practically speaking. Does that cost include all those times your kids are out and they're like, could you buy me some money? It's all this cute little top at Target. Can I, I get so. it? I don't have any money. <laughs> Maybe you add that on top of it. <laughs> That's like $300,000 a year. <laughs> Much less lifetime. It seems like that's endless. Coming up, are you pretty good about spreading positivity? Are you pretty good about spreading positivity People who do random acts of kindness underestimate how much their actions really do affect people. When people experience a kind deed, they feel more positive and they're also uh, they spread kindness and generosity to other people like it. It starts a chain reaction. Hmm. And what's wild, it really is the thought that counts. We all get warm and fuzzy about the thought that went into the good deed or kindness rather than the good deed itself. And uh, this is good news all from this new research. Uh, When you do random acts of kindness, you and the person you did it for are both in a better mood. Huh. Isn't that cool? So keep those random acts of kindness going. Spread the positivity. Yeah. So, Taylor, I wouldn't mind if you were kind to me and ran next door and got me one of those nice frothy Starbucks drinks. (laughs) (laughs) It's a not-so-random act of kindness. It's a request. I'm just trying to spread the kindness, (laughs) giving you the opportunity Uh, to be kind. How kind of you. How thoughtful. (laughs) Hey, you know how one of the best parts of Christmas is seeing it through your kids' eyes, especially little, little kids where the wonder and the magic is still Mm -hmm. in their eyes? We're going to talk about that in just a minute. So one of the coolest things about Christmas is seeing this magic and this wonder in the eyes of a child. And there is a shopping mall 
that came up with the most brilliant way to go see Santa and get your picture made with okay. him. I don't know if you've seen this video. It's it's everywhere. No. But there's this family and they they get into an elevator and they've got the little baby stroller. They've got one little one. And then they've mm-hmm. got a little boy, a little toehead blonde boy with these big blue eyes who's probably about two and a half, three years old. Okay. And they're like, okay, press the elevator button. And he presses it. And the elevator goes all the way up in the sky, just like Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. And you see the clouds and you see all these things. And then it comes in. The elevator comes in for a landing in the North Pole right in front of Santa's house. And then your little child, you get to go, okay, ring Santa's doorbell. That's Santa's doorbell. And you ring the doorbell and the door of the elevator opens and you walk into Santa's living room and there's Santa right there. Wow. It is the coolest way to go visit Santa. I've never seen a shopping mall you walk come up with a better idea. Santa's living room. He's lying on the couch watching some Netflix. <laughs> what are you doing here? It's my Smoking living room. A pipe. It's my living room for goodness sakes. <laughs> I'm not working right now. Mrs. Claus, bring me some more cookies and milk. Mrs. Claus, you got to stop bringing your work home with you. <laughs> this is my living room. <laughs> it's bad enough I got these elves running around everywhere. Now the humans are here, too. <laughs> I should have known when I tried to tell this really sweet story with Kev where it would go. <laughs> I'm just trying to look out for Ms. Mrs. Claus, right? I didn't know company was coming. <laughs> I will try to post the video so you can see it through the eyes of this child <laughs> instead of the eyes through Santa. The eyes of the grumpy the old workaholic man. Santa Claus. <laughs> okay, when you're with your spouse, you let your guard down. You're really honest, right? You, you might say things with your spouse that you wouldn't otherwise say. So as we're driving around looking at Christmas lights, I said to my wife, why don't we buy the Christmas light display Try to decide what type of gifts those people give. Do they give high-class gifts? Do they re-gift? What kind of gift givers are they? You're always making up games on or off the air. That's awesome. So based on the lights, we're like, oh... Oh, they're 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 totally Nordstrom's people. They're giving really nice presents. Then we'd see something else and go like, oh, they're they're complete regifters. And then if you saw my wimpy, wimpy solar lights, you'd be like, those people need help. What? Well, the biggest thing I'm wondering, what's wrong with Tracy and I? We can't just go around and look at lights. We gotta do something like that. It's like you guys make everything a competition with each other. So then you therefore make it like a competition between other people's maybe, neighbors, I guess. Maybe. <laughs>